It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I mean, it's not my birthday, but I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so we're re- Happy birthday, Marcus. Yes, thank you. It's a special show. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, it'll probably come out on Thursday or Friday. But yes, today is my birthday. Uh, I am 27 years old and feels I feel old. I, I know the listeners Stop. are all crumbling. Stop. But, Stop. I know. I'm past my prime. As an age elitist as I am, I'm way past my prime, uh, but that's okay. Uh, coming up on today's show, we discuss the Cowboys' defensive ends on this roster. I, there was a couple reports that came out today that the Cowboys believe this is their defense, deepest defensive end unit uh, that they've had in some time, and I happen to agree with them. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. The, the guy that really broke out last year was Demarcus Lawrence. We've been searching for that. I'm going to use that term, war daddy, for a while uh, for the Cowboys, and I, I don't want to say out of nowhere because we always knew that Lawrence had talent, uh, but he was finally healthy and had a fantastic year. Can we expect him to repeat that same performance that he had last season? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know that you know the exact results will be the same as far as sacks, but I, I mean, I think that what he did was not a fluke, and I think that you know if you watch the 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 tape of what he did, it was a lot of technique based stuff, um, and to me that seems very reproducible. And so I, I think he can continue to win and will continue to win. And if you watch, you know, his his uh, production was consistent. It wasn't like he was, you know, it wasn't like he was like, you know, streaky or got a whole bunch of sacks and what. But I mean, he did go through a period where he got a whole bunch of sacks in a row, I think. But yeah, poor Jerry Beldier. He's never recovered since that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, just, uh, I think, but I mean, still, even then, he. The production was throughout the season, no matter who he faced. um, I I tend to think that he's the real deal. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know they're gonna obviously want him to reproduce it this year to kind of you know secure a big money contract. But I, I think I would feel pretty confident just based on the way he won that he could reproduce it as as long as he's healthy. Because I really think that's really been the only limitation for him so far. Yeah, last year he had fourteen and a half sacks. Uh, he he finished the year with a hundred and sixty sack yards, which is by far the most Ooh. in the league. <laughs> that's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, 26 QB hits. I mean, he was just a force. It's hard to say there was two or three better uh, edge rushers last year. And we see how this defense can work when you have a dominant edge rusher. Everything seems like it falls into pieces, especially that rest of the defensive line. Uh, One guy that doesn't get enough credit, 
at least in my opinion, on the defensive line is Tyrone Crawford. I know he's kind of been the whipping boy for a lot of Cowboy fans for a while, um, in part because of his salary. and He's getting paid like a top, you know, five defensive lineman. Uh, but anytime Tyrone Crawford's in a game, he seems like he makes plays. He He's versatile. He'll play multiple positions. Um, he'll stop the run. He'll give you a little bit of pass rushing ability. He'll play special teams. I, I really like Tyrone Crawford. He's... He's probably not somebody you want to be an every down starter, but in this defense where he can wear multiple hats, I just really can appreciate his game for the Cowboys. So uh, there's also been a couple reports out that he's trying to slim down this year. He he actually talked about uh, you know this team wants him to cut an ungodly amount of weight before the season starts. So what could a lighter version of Tyrone Crawford do for this defense in 2018? I think he actually referred to it as unrealistic. <laughs> so I mean, obviously they're over asking, they're over asking his weight loss. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm a I'm a big Tyron Crawford fan, and uh, I think a lot of the dismay that Cowboys fans have uh, is has a lot to do with the contract. And I get it; like his contract is is not it's it's not a good contract. It, Absolutely, it's yeah. probably the worst contract on the team. I mean, I but I think if you just set that aside and, and talk about the player. And talk about what he provides to your team. Uh, I, you know, I love Tyron Crawford because of you know just he's a leader in that room. He's consistent. He's a hard worker. Uh, he, he's he's the guy doing the nitty gritty stuff that's required. I mean, he's a run. He's he's really good at on the edge as a run defender. Um, you know, he he actually got a lot more pressure than I think a lot of people expected from that right defensive end because. Uh, I think that he's just a different type of body type than most of those left tackles are used to facing. I mean, he's not the Gumby, you know, he's not the Randy Gregory type. He's he's this other brute force type. So these dancing bears on the left side that are used to kind of the speed guys, they're used to facing the, uh, you know, the, the like I said, the Gregories and the uh, the uh, you know uh, what's the the kid from uh, from Atlanta that uh, the, uh, Beasley uh, like yeah. you know, the, the yep. Beasleys and and the, and the Fowlers and all those kind of like you know six three two sixty immediate burst guys and, and then suddenly he's they're facing a six four two hundred and eighty five pound brute yep, who is you know, maybe not maybe not getting off the line at the same uh, uh, quickness but god he's he's coming through you like and he's and he's gonna give you everything you you want and he's not gonna stop so i i like a lot what crawford brings it's a little bit different than some of the other uh players the position i thought it was interesting uh and, and a, well, a much more successful uh, experiment to put him on the right side that i thought it was it was gonna work out um, uh, but I think, yeah, I, he provides something for your team, uh, as a leader. And then as a guy who will go in and do the, the dirty work as a defensive lineman, maybe he's not the, the, you know, eight to 10, seven to 10 sack guy. Uh, but I think he can give you five or six sacks every year. If he's, if he's healthy, a bunch of pressures and he'll play the run really, really well. Yeah. So just a couple of real quick stats last year, he had five pressures from the left side and 31 on the right side. Uh, his pass rushing producti- productivity was significantly better on that right side. Uh, my question is, where do they plan on playing him this year? Uh, and we're going to get to a couple of these guys in a second with Randy Gregory and Dorrance Armstrong. But uh, let's say Gregory comes back and Armstrong uh, fits into the rotation somewhere. Is Crawford still the starting right defensive end? Or maybe does he come in as a backup to uh, DeMarcus Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something that we're going to see. I mean, I, I think 
there's a lot of unknown going on. I mean, we'll talk about Randy Gregory, we'll, and we'll talk about Charles Tapper. I think both of those guys are. It's just kind of a big question mark. And then you add in also Dorrance Armstrong, and, and, and now it's like, you know, it's it's it feels like you have uh, a lot of, uh, you know high ceiling potential uh, at the right defensive end position, but you're not sure about any of those three guys. I mean, one's a rookie, one's coming off of a year-long suspension uh, for multiple failed drug tests, and then the other one is, is a guy who has shown us some things, Tapper, but but you know has also shown us some injuries. So uh, I, I think all of that makes uh, it difficult to kind of pair where Crawford is going to be, but I think at the very least you know what you're going to get from him, uh, what kind of player you're going to get. Uh, and and the best news is that you can kind of play him at a couple different spots. He can be an inside outside guy. He could be a guy, obviously, who's shown you to give you a lot of snaps to the right defensive end. His his versatility is allowing, uh, giving you a lot of leeway to figure out what's going on with the rest of these guys. Yeah, and I think that's why I like Crawford so much because he does give you that versatility. If Randy Gregory turns out this year, that's great. If if not, you got a guy that you know can play productive snaps at that spot. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to Randy Gregory. Uh, it was announced today uh, that he is going to turn in his paperwork on Thursday. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, he probably will already have done that. Um, from everything that both you and I have heard, everything sounds good on the Gregory front. It sounds like... Uh, he's kind of got his life back in order. Um, he's got a lot of people that are on his side with this. So let's go ahead and assume for a minute that Gregory is reinstated and is back on the Cowboys. Where does he fit into this rotation? You know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I hate again. It's a cop out, but it's really hard to tell because none of us have seen him in a long time. I mean, I, I from what we've heard and what uh, you know, friends of ours have, have heard. You know he's working really hard. Uh, he's working out a lot. He's he's out here in California. Um, and, and can I just point out that if the guy has really been passing drug te- you know, biweekly drug tests for the last year and a half out here in California, congrats to the man. Let's you know because I mean it, it's, a, it's 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 not too hard to uh, to to find yourself a joint in in California. I'll just go ahead and say that. But Spoken like a true I, Californian, I, I, right there. I mean, I'll just I'll just tell you what what I know. Um, I, I I think you know the truth is is that you know if he's been working out a lot, he's I, I don't know what his uh, you know, dietary. Uh, it sounds like he's all in, you know. Like and, and to me, if that that might include dietary uh, work, uh, you know, working out. So I, he's I'll been be doing a lot of boxing, from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, which makes sense. Go ahead, please. I was gonna say that makes sense as a pass yeah. rusher. Uh, our friend John Owning talks about how. Uh, a lot of these guys go to jiu-jitsu camps over the summer to work on their hand uh, technique and their footwork. And if and, and I've heard Gregory's been kind of you know doing a little bit of the MMA stuff as well. So that makes sense to me. If he's participating in all that kind of stuff, I think those are all positive things leading up to training camp for Gregory. Absolutely. And and I guess the, the bottom line here is that frankly. I mean, as long as he's not out uh, out of shape, I mean, he's just such a freak of nature and just is such a natural. I, I mean, if he was anything less than just such a, an, an insane natural talent, I, I'd probably be like, why are we even talking about this guy? But I honestly, I, I don't like to say this publicly, but I guess I will. I, I honestly have no doubt that he's going to be able to come in here and like, and, and, and kind of just maybe not pick off right where he left off, but 
pick up and, and be competitive immediately. Like, I'd be competitive for a spot, and then, you know, by the time we're at the end of training camp, not only will I not be surprised if he's – uh, uh, trying to work his way onto the team for a spot, but I'll be—I won't be surprised if he's working his way towards starting spot. Yeah, and I—I I feel bad mentioning and comparing this player, but in some ways he reminds me of Gregory. Remember when? Or not? Sorry, Gregory. Uh, Greg Hardy. Uh, remember when Greg Hardy was suspended for twenty games, and then his first game back against the Patriots, he had like two sacks and six pressures. I, I think there's just some guys that just know how to get to the quarterback. Um, and I think that's Randy Gregory. I, I really don't think he needs a bunch of time in training camp for him to uh, produce. We saw in what was it, 2016 with basically no practice time uh, and no conditioning comes right in uh, and makes an impact in that Detroit and Philadelphia game. So it, as long as he's on the roster, I think he should probably at least be considered a starter, correct? I mean, again, like you're asking the wrong guy because I, I think you know, to me, if he's if he's if he's coming on the team, he's I, I have him in my mind, just in the back of my mind, penciled in as a starter. Yeah, right I agree. Bit. I just I, I believe in him that much. I just I think he's a, a rare talent. He's a freak of nature. He can do things. I, I mean, he's been gone all this time, and I just don't have any doubt. I mean, he's t- only 25 years old. He's still only 25 years old. You know, and it's like. So I yeah I just have no doubts at all just because of the way his body is built the way his game is that that he is not going to just pick up and, and and be able to get back to where he was and and be at the very least playing as a starter if not you know playing as a very good starter pretty soon and kind of the forgotten man about this in this defensive uh, end unit is Taco Charlton uh, first round pick from 2017 uh, I think it's fair to say that maybe he. Uh, underwhelmed a, a lot of people's expectations last year, but he finished the year with, I think, three and a half sacks. And if you look at the history of first-round defensive ends, that's pretty much on par with what those type of guys typically get at the bottom of the first round. So uh, what can we expect from Taco Charlton in year two? Um, do we expect him to maybe boost that number up to four, five, six sacks? Do you expect him to be a left or right defensive end this year? Yeah, I mean, I definitely expect a step from from Taco. I mean, I, I think that um, you know, and you're right. I think he, he underwhelmed is certainly uh, you know a, a way that a lot of people felt. To me, my progression on this was I, I didn't want Taco in the first round. I we I was I was one of the TJ Watt guys, obviously. But once we came, once we got him, I also wanted to make sure that we were setting proper expectations. And I said early that this is not a knock on Taco. In fact, this is uh, me trying to protect Taco. It, it was saying that we shouldn't have these high expectations for this guy. Rookie pass rushers rarely make uh, an immediate impact in the NFL, and the ones who do usually have a, a much more uh, physically imposing skill set that can immediately translate. To me, this is a guy who. This is a guy who is is I think he's got the tools and the skill set to develop into a, a finesse player, and he just didn't have the technique yet. I, agree. I think he spent the whole year the whole year kind of learning that technique, getting there. I think hopefully he spent an off season uh, furthering his technique skills. Like that's what you hope, and then he comes in uh, as a much more seasoned player. And, and relying on those techniques to uh, be the point that that's going to allow him to win. I mean, ultimately, I think, you know, that's kind of what Demarcus Lawrence does. I mean, Lawrence is a much, I think, a much more 
physically explosive player, uh, and they are not necessarily very you know physically similar so much. But I think in the same, they win in very similar ways. Ultimately, I think you know, or they're going to in that they're going to win with technique and having a plan and attacking an offensive tackle. Yeah, so Taco has been working with a uh, pass rushing specialist this offseason named Brandon Tucker. Um, he's actually working with Charles Tapper and David Irving. Um, but the one thing that kind of caught my eye in a, in a recent interview that that Tucker did is he said that the thing that he loved about Taco was he was uh, impressed with how much he wants to learn and how coachable he is and how hungry he is. And if you've got a coach like Rob Marinelli and you pair him with a guy that wants to learn – and that obviously has the the athletic ability uh, and the size. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I, I'm not sure Taco is going to be a force this year, but I do expect a step. I do expect him to probably play more snaps at left defensive end. And I think both of us agree that's probably his best spot in the NFL. Get him back to a spot where you know the expectations aren't super high on him. They're not asking him to play you know 30, 40, 50 snaps a game. Uh, try to keep him in that 20 to 25 range. And I think you'll see a big jump from him. Uh, the, the other guy that I just mentioned, uh, Charles Tapper. Real quick, real yeah, quick. go ahead. Ta- to me, to me, to me, Taco is a long play. I, I, I think I agree. this is a guy yes. who could play ten to twelve years in the NFL and, and be a seven to nine snap guy, consistent seven to nine sack guy consistently. And that's I what you were hoping for take... when you drafted. That's yeah, what you were hoping exactly. for when you picked him. I, I think I think that may it may take until next year for him to kind of get closer to his you know, ultimate ceiling. But once he gets there, the dude's going to be like that for a, a decade maybe. I, I, he just has that kind of NFL body. I, he just needs some seasoning. I, I think he'll take a step this year, and I'll take a further step next year, and then that that's the, the Taco Charlton we'll see for on this team for a long time, hopefully. I love the seasoning. He just threw that right in there. It was perfect. Um, it was just a, it's natural. Yeah, you're good. Uh, Charles Tapper, uh, another guy that's been working out with uh, Brandon Tucker this year, we, this year uh, perfecting his craft. Uh, we liked what we saw from Tapper at the beginning of the season. He had an impressive sack uh, in week one against the Giants. It seemed like things were maybe starting to click, uh, and then he had an injury that knocked him out for the rest of the year. Uh, still a pretty young player. He, he just turned 25 years old. We know he's got a ton of athletic ability, but the injuries are been, have held him back so far. Uh, my question is, when you look at this depth chart and you look at some of the guys they brought in, um, you know, specifically Dorrance Armstrong, Coney Ely, and potentially Randy Gregory, does Charles Tapper have a spot on this 53-man roster? Man, I really hope so, because uh, I really like the kid, and I, I really like the way I like his game, and I really, really felt like when he got hurt, it was so devastating because I felt like he had finally clicked. It had finally turned on for him. You know, he had just gotten a sack, I think, in that game yeah. that he got hurt, uh, and and I think he was had been getting so close so often. Um, that it would it finally had clicked for him, and he finally was able to. Uh, yeah, he he got into the point in his development where uh, he had started to develop a plan, you know, and started was able to get in there and, and use some counters, use his athleticism, and then counter off his athleticism, uh, and and I felt like it was uh, starting to produce for him, and then he gets hurt, and and it's you know so. I, I I hope that he a can stay healthy this next season for sure. I mean that's the that's where you start, and b you know it, I, it's just going to be great to see all these 
pass rushers out there because it, there's just so many of them, man. Like, and I, I, I mean, if Tapper's able to get healthy, if Randy Gregory's out there, obviously we're going to get to a point where we could, you know, potentially be like, man, somebody good could get cut as a defensive end. When was the last time that happened on this team? Yeah. Um, I, but I hope not. I, I hope that they either find a way to get all the, keep all these guys that are, uh, and that they all have great preseasons or, uh, you know, we'll see a situation where, uh, you know, one or two of them uh, get uh, uh, maybe don't 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 perform the way we want them, and and, and they don't get the the, the chance that they, the opportunity they, they get, and they either get cut or traded or you know something like that. I like Tapper a lot too. I I kind of feel like Tapper and Armstrong are going to be the guys that get a ton of work in preseason, and it wouldn't surprise me if Tapper is a guy that. Um, you know, they try to showcase a lot in preseason to potentially, you know, grab a spot. Maybe they need another tight end or maybe they need a linebacker. Uh, it, it would not shock me if Tapper is the guy out because you just look at this defensive end spot and, man, between Lawrence, Taco, uh, Crawford, those those are guys are automatics to make the roster. If Gregory comes back, that's four. You spent a fourth-round pick on Dorrance Armstrong, a guy that they wanted to draft in the third round. And they signed Coney Ely. So I, I just can't see them keeping more than six defensive ends. I, I think five is probably more realistic. So it's going to be interesting to see which guys they keep. Let's go ahead and talk about Coney Ely. Uh, Ely last year played with the Jets. He played as a stand-up 3-4 uh, outside linebacker. I don't think that's his best spot. I think he's at his best when he's playing. No. When he's playing, uh, <laughs> Actually, I think he's at his best when he's playing defensive tackle in sub-packages, to be honest. Uh, but probably he's better as a left defensive end. Um, <laughs> was not a good run defender last year, uh, but he can do some things as a pass rusher. He gets his arms up in passing lanes. Uh, he can be a problem because he's got he's got a good bend on him. He's got uh, he's got some athleticism. Tell us a little bit about Coney Ely. <laughs> well, people probably know him best for a pretty amazing uh, Super Bowl game he had. Um, in a losing effort for uh, Carolina, it was a Super Bowl game, wasn't it? They had like three sacks and two two yeah, bad passes, an interception, something. Yeah, an interception. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think you you, you kind of nailed the player. I, I I think he and Crawford, um, especially now with all these uh, these pure right ends that we suddenly have. Uh, become your your inside out guys, and um, you know I think that you, they can give you snaps inside as you need them, and you know since we've got some injuries there, that that may well be the way that they decide to handle some of this is go a little bit light at defensive tackle, and then just uh, you know focus on guys like Ely and 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 Crawford giving them some snaps inside. So um, we'll see. I mean, I think you know especially now that. Uh, they look at Irving, I think, as a full-time defensive tackle. They like usually having two of these kind of inside-outside guys. Um, there's just so – I mean, I think he could be potentially someone that ends up not making the team because there's just – there's so many people. Yeah, and I if, agree. You know, look, the, the, the best part about this is that, you know, you can have two or three of these guys get hurt or, uh, you know, whatever. Um and it would still, you still have a lot of depth because you have a guy like Ely. So I like that they signed him, just kind of extra numbers. But there's a very high possibility that if all these young guys hit, which could happen, that they they just cut him and roll with the young guys that they've got. 
Yeah, let's go ahead. And, and uh, we've seen this type of player with Rod Marinelli brought in by Will McClay work before. Uh, you know, these guys that have had, you know, a, a solid college pedigree uh, that were highly thought of at one time. Uh, the guy George Selby is coming to mind, uh, first of all. But Mincy. Uh, Mincy as well. And Mincy. Um, I, I'm just curious to see if maybe maybe with the depth at defensive end, especially if Gregory comes back, Ely's listed at 6'4", 275. Maybe they try to bulk him up to 285 and have him play more as a you know an under tackle in certain situations, uh, just to protect themselves if something were to happen with David Irving, uh, you know behind behind Irving, especially with Collins being out, you really don't have many options at, at you know at the three technique. Maybe Coney Ely becomes more of a, a staple there uh, at defensive tackle. Uh, the last guy that I want to talk about is Dorrance Armstrong, who we've covered a little bit on this podcast before. Um, He's interesting because he fits a lot of the uh, thresholds that the Cowboys want on their defensive line. Super long arms. He's got the height. Uh, he's about 255 pounds. He was super productive in the Big 12. Uh, he had a year with over 20 tackles for a loss, was a team captain in 2017, plays with a really strong motor. Just didn't test all that well at the combine. Um, he, he had a, a decent three cone. He had a really good 20-yard shuttle. Um, what do you expect from Dorrance Armstrong in year one? And do you think he can find a spot in the rotation uh, right away? Yeah, I mean, I I think that they clearly like him a lot. And, and you know, from everything, it, it sounds like he came in a little bit heavier than they thought, uh, 265-ish. And so he looks ready to play that right defensive end spot pretty, pretty, pretty well. Um, uh, you know, look, it's, it's a, obviously they, they like the guy a lot. Because they were th- they were going to take him in the third round. Yeah, at eighty one. Uh, so so uh, you know I think clearly they they think they got something with him, um, but it's it's like these other guys where uh, uh, you know they 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 have a lot of talent there. They got to figure out what they're going to do with all these guys. You know, uh, 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 and there's there may be more than they can. Uh, Rely on. I think what they're doing is covering their bases. I, I, you know, we've we've kind of laid it out here is for what what would happen is if if you wanted to keep some more of these guys, you'd have to try to kick a couple of them or plan on playing a lot of some of them inside a lot, you know, in order to justify their position on the team versus a uh, you know an additional defensive tackle or something. So uh, I think Dorrance is one of those guys who, if you know, if if all these guys show out and then also Dorrance Armstrong, it's like, well, uh, do are we going to have to make some moves uh, to, 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 you know, put some, kick some guys inside so we can keep all these different guys that we really like. And, you know, look, I mean, champagne problems, right? Yeah, but absolutely. I think, you know, I think if, you know, if one or two, if one or both of uh, Gregory and Tapper, you know, don't make it for, for what, what, whatever reason, um, then I think that you you've, you've got Dorrance Armstrong there as as a as a very solid you know additional I guess whatever they would be second or third right defensive end yeah um, you know I think I just think you got a lot of depth there and, and and a lot of depth with a lot of young guys which is just fantastic and one last guy that I'm going to mention is an undrafted free agent that the Cowboys signed this year uh, James Hearns from Louisville uh, an older guy will turn 25 when the season starts. Uh, not a good athlete. He actually finished with a spark percentage of negative 1.6. 
uh, but he's a high motor guy, very productive at Louisville. Uh, had 28 tackles for a loss um, in the last three years. Um, not going to make the active roster, obviously, but it's a guy just to watch during training camp and preseason. I'm sure you're going to see a bunch of him early on in weeks one and two of the preseason. Um, but, you know, maybe a guy that the team stashes on their practice squad, and, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. Uh, very, very small, six foot two, 239 pounds. So maybe he's more of a special teams, potentially a guy that they use at Sam Linebacker. Uh, we will see. Uh, let's go ahead and grade this unit. Uh, as always, we've been using four uh, different grading scales, an elite dominant group, uh, solid, uh, needs work, or a massive crater. So what do you think about the Cowboys defensive ends heading into 2018? I mean, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I got to I gotta think that it, it's solid with a chance to be elite, yeah, right? I'm, like, I'm glad you said that. I, I, because, I, I mean, I think that if you, you talk about having one of the, the NFL sack leaders already – Right, coming back. Yep. Um, you've got you've got a solid. I think at the very least you've got a solid second defensive end in Crawford. Maybe he's not um, where you would like to be as your second pass rush effort, but you're getting a little bit more help inside there. We won't, we'll talk about defensive tackles another day. But when you consider that, um, I think at the very least you start it solid because of of those two. And then when you consider the depth there, the potential of what Randy Gregory could be, what Charles Tapper could be, what uh, Taco Charlton might might develop into, I mean, there's a lot. There, there's a ton of very positive momentum at this position specifically. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you enter the season if healthy at at solid with, and, and already well on your way to making your way to elite. Yeah, so I'm, I might actually disagree with you a little bit on this one. Uh, I think this is a dominant group. Now they don't have two. Dominant. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Partly because they they have a top three or four edge rusher. Uh, I think they have a solid number two in Tyrone Crawford. I think Gregory has the potential to be a. Well, I mean, I think he has the potential to be a number one, but instantly be a starting defensive end when he comes back. Uh, I think Taco is going to take a step up. Uh, I love Tapper as that third or fourth defensive end, and then you just got more depth with Dorrance Armstrong and Coney Ely. Uh, you've, you've got everything here to have a really good defensive end unit. Now, will they get enough help from their defensive tackles? Their, their one technique, we'll see. But on paper, I think this is one of the deep, deepest, uh, best defensive end units in the entire NFL. So this is going to be the, probably the one time on our show that I probably uh, – we disagree a little bit in, in this case. You're me being more, more optimistic than I am. Yeah, me wow. being a little bit more optimistic just because – Lawrence is so good, and once you get a guy like that, everything else falls in place. So that's why I'm I'm very very high on this unit, and it's really one of the reasons why I think this defense has a chance to be really good this year, despite having a lot of youth um, and some question marks still at linebacker and safety. I think the defensive ends can cover up a lot of the mistakes on the back end. So. We shall see. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Lenin at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.